Welcome back, everybody, to our Let's Talk Green County program here on the Raccoon Valley Radio Network, brought to us today by Fouch Agri-Service in downtown Grand Junction. This is Coltrane Carlson, and our guest today is our state representative, is Carter Norman, joining us once again. So thank you very much, sir, for coming on. Thanks for having me, Coltrane. You betcha. Well, we've come to the first kind of milestone hurdle, if you will, during the legislative session known as Funnel Week. It's the first one of two that happens every legislative session. Since you're the more expert than I am about this, can you tell us what that means to the layperson when they here funnel week yeah so funnel week is a very important week in uh, the state legislature and really what it's all about is making sure that we're kept on track we're a citizen legislature so we all have jobs outside of being in session and we're only in session for about 100 days so these two funnels make sure that bills that are going to move forward are moved forward in a timely manner so any bill other than the appropriations or ways and means committees Any bill that doesn't make it through a full committee or passes a full committee is dead. So this last week has been a lot of subcommittees and committee work. There was no floor action other than passing some joint rules. But very important week to make sure that the legislature stays on time and uh, gets out uh, in a timely manner. Well, uh, moving forward then, uh, one thing that is just a rather huge bill and is still alive this legislative session, that is the governor's proposal to restructure how state government kind of operates. And having gotten past the first funnel week here, uh, a big portion of that bill, obviously, is to combine a lot of state departments and, you know, create more efficiencies and just limit the number of how many state departments there are. And with this 1,600-page bill nearly, can you tell us maybe some other highlights uh, that you would like to point out from, from this restructuring bill? Well, I think the word that you used, efficiency, is, is the important word there. We're trying to make government more efficient. But, you know, the main part of this bill is streamlining state government. This bill will actually put us in parity uh, with states that surround us when it comes to the number of agencies we have. So as the state of Iowa, we are going to go from 37 agencies down to 16. Our state government hasn't been reorganized for 40 years. You know, Coltrane, I don't know a $9, $10 billion corporation that hasn't restructured or innovated over four decades. So I think it's really important that we do this. Another portion of this is there's over 100 professional licensing functions across 11 different agencies. We want to make sure when people are applying for licenses or or navigating state government, it is as clean cut and efficient as possible. Iowans shouldn't be confused when they're going through the process to get a license or or whatever it may be within state government. So I, I think, again, this hasn't happened in the last 40 years. We need to innovate. We need to make sure that state government is is more efficient, more effective, and smaller. All right. Now, obviously, the counterpoint to it uh, being efficient is is one side of it. Another side that the argument has been is that it uh, it looks like it could be um, consolidating power all to Governor Reynolds. Would you like to comment on that? Well, I keep hearing that point, but this reorg is going to be last much longer than Governor Reynolds' time here as governor. So. Uh, I I don't quite see that counterpoint, but again, this bill is about efficiency in state government. Uh, And then kind of shifting our focus into yet another bill that I do believe is still alive for the legislative session, did not die during uh, funnel week, and that is a new transgender bill that has talking about bathroom restrictions in public schools specifically where students are supposed to use the bathroom that aligns with what their sex is on their birth certificate. Uh, Again, another two-parter question here to, to throw your way. First, 
do you support such legislation? And secondarily, has there been any issues within your house district of Green, Guthrie, and the Perry area of Dallas County? Yeah, I supported this bill out of a committee last week. And quite frankly, I think it's common sense. If you're a male, you should use the male restrooms. If you're a female, you should use the female restrooms. I'm not going to get into the specific of the conversation that I had with a teacher who, who did live in our district. But I will say that there has been some instances where some females may feel uncomfortable with a biological male using the same facilities as them. So, you know, we have to take a look at the whole picture here. And I don't think it's appropriate for a biological male to be using the same facilities as a biological female or let alone changing in the same locker room as them. So I think this is a common sense bill. To add to that, I don't think anyone should be bullied. I don't think anyone should feel unwelcome. But again, we have to have these conversations about Should a biological male be using a female's restroom? I I just don't think they should be. Yet another bill that's, uh, you know, an active part that Greene County has an interest in, and that is about the eminent domain topic, once again, where it allows a uh, either a governmental entity or even a private uh, company to forcibly take easements from landowners in order to accomplish getting a utility established and whatnot. And the eminent domain piece of legislation that's been proposed it essentially would go along the lines with three particular carbon dioxide underground pipeline projects that are being looked at to go through Iowa, one of those being with Summit Carbon Solutions, of which Green County has a small portion in being associated with Louis Dreyfus as one of the ethanol plants with their particular project. And so with that, um, the, the, the legislation that I've seen says that, you know, the company, the private company in this case, would need about 90% of land ownership compliance before the part about in eminent domain could even be a possibility for a private company to use. Do you agree with that that legislation and more so the, the threshold that's being proposed at 90%? Yeah, so Green County actually has 91% voluntary easements signed up already. I believe the only pipeline that goes through Green County or District 47 for that manner is Summit Solutions. So again, Green County has about 91% voluntary easement. I supported the bill out of committee to continue a conversation. I don't think the bill as written has much of a path to being signed into law. I think there's some good things in the bill, but I also think there's a lot of things that need to be looked at and and changed if we're going to move forward with it. As far as the 90% threshold go, we need to make sure that we're not going to have some unintended consequences with setting a threshold in code. I believe, if I remember correctly, the Dakota Access Pipeline received 98% voluntary easement through Iowa. So if we're going to set a a 90% threshold, are companies, regardless of what kind of eminent domain they're looking for, are they going to say, oh, we reached 90%, we don't need to go to get any more voluntary easement? So again, those are some unintended consequences that I think that we need to take a look at. So um, again, I moved the bill out of committee to continue the conversation. Um, I think it's an important conversation to have. I think we need to make sure that we're balancing economic development and protecting our ethanol industry with making sure that we are protecting landowners' rights. So, again, that's going to continue to be a conversation as it goes to the full house now. And then uh, kind of open up the door here for you. I'm sure there was probably other bills that maybe made it, made it through Funnel Week, maybe not so much. Can you at least tell us some of the other bills that you're still continuing your work on that are still alive for this session? You have a number of bills going through the House this week, possibly on the floor. I'm still working on the Emergency Management Commission bill. We talked about that a little bit at my forum this last weekend. 
I'm working, continuing to work on the Regent Workforce Grant and Incentive Program to continue to bolster our workforce and try to get more and more students into high-demand jobs. I'm working on an HOA transparency bill to make sure that Iowans who live within HOAs have access to documents that they need in a timely manner. And I'm also working on a predatory agreement bill. We're seeing this in some other states, so we're trying to get ahead of the curve here where we are protecting especially um, vulnerable Iowans and the elderly where a company will come in and offer a couple thousand dollars for a a 40-year leasing agreement and where it follows the home even if it's sold. These are really predatory agreements, and so we want to make sure that the most vulnerable in our state are taken care of, making sure that those agreements are not coming into Iowa. And that's our state representative for the Iowa House, District 47, Carter Norman, joining us once again. You're listening to Let's Talk Green County, presented today by Fouch Agri-Service in downtown Grand Junction. Your channel, Seedsman. We'll be right back with more here on the Raccoon Valley Radio Network.